0: Hello, and welcome to the American Pale Males podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Michael, sitting by a crackling yule log, and with me is the other co-host.
1: It's me, Jeremy, staring into the icy void of the netherworld or something, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. been I've been listening (laughs) to a lot of Immortal, and they're mostly about a mythical ice world, and uh, just the
0: snow, basically, is what they sing about. Oh. Scandinavian? Very. Uh, Jeremy, Michael. let's get into this, because I hear there's lots of tabulations and algorithms that we have to figure out later, maybe. Yes, indeed. Um, well, so... we'll see. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> Okay. So let's get into the beer brag. What do you have for me?
1: I recently had my holiday work party, as in yes. this past weekend. And the boss had recently been talking about how he'd asked me how much was too much to spend on four cans of beer, I'm like, well, what are you getting? And he says, oh, it's an IPA from John's Grocery. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, that can go a lot of ways.
0: <laughs> yeah, so I was going to say, that's still pretty open-ended.
1: And he was thinking about getting the decadent IPAs. Uh-oh. And I was like, D- don't do that. It was like, me and maybe one other person are the only ones that like IPAs in the lab. It's not It's not worth your money. Right, Just, yeah. Just like, um, it's neither Adam nor I are terribly picky people when it comes yeah. to that sort of thing. Just, you know... Just something nice is fine. And he says like, okay. So he had a six-pack of Two-Hearted, which is always mm. great. Yeah. But he also had the new Belgium, Belgian White Fat Tire. Oh, have yeah. You, have I you th- had this one yet? No, I want to, though. I had never even seen it in the wild until this past weekend at the work party. And then we had another holiday party here in my home. And the next day, anyway. Mm-hmm. And I got a New Belgium mix 12-pack for, you know, hosting beers. Mm-hmm. And it was in there as well, so I was like, oh, interesting. It's like a... It tastes like a craft uh, Blue Moon. Okay. So it's the... It, ta- it also tastes like a Blue Moon with an orange when it doesn't have the orange in it.
0: Okay. It's a little... Not as rough as a Blue Moon, I guess you could say? It's... it's a little more it's, refined?
1: A little bit more refined. It's not like completely, you know, fancy an actual Belgian white ale right, or vitre, yeah. but it's closer than any American version I've had. And it's uh, it's very good. I recommend you all check it out. Hmm. Definitely patches the reach test.
0: Yeah, obviously, as you did reach for it and then reach for it again.
1: I, exactly. <laughs> I, it passed the, the reach test twice. What about yourself?
0: I had something called Liquid Soul. <laughs> um <laughs> Sounds like a magic card or something.
1: It sounds like the uh, the beer in black dynamite, or I guess it's a malt liquor in the movie. But oh <laughs> yeah,
0: this is an imperial stout from Oso Brewing. Ooh. Bourbon barrel aged. It was good. It uh, kind of leaned more towards the bourbony side, but you know it wasn't like chugging a Jim Beam or something mm-hmm. like that. You know. And it was pretty smooth overall, which was nice. I thought I detected a hint of smoke at the end, but then I. Thought maybe that was subconsciously planted in my head because I was thinking of liquid smoke, Mm. (laughs) but it did have a nice complex taste to it. So indeed, ten point five percent good gravy. I just split a uh, twelve-ouncer and it was plenty good, just like that. So nice little kind of little snifter of that.
1: Uh, Since you brought that up, Michael, I'm going to uh, swing in another one. Okay. Friend of the show, Steve and I split a bomber of Wake the F Up, Iowa. Oh yeah, you were talking I, I, about. I this. got my hands on it. It's the barrel-aged version of their coffee stout, Wake Up Iowa, which is made with uh, well, Wake Up Iowa coffee. The same fine folks that kept me awake at film scream a couple months ago. Mm-hmm. It's it's weird. I've never had an imperial barrel-aged stout that was an Imperial coffee stout. Oh
0: yeah, that's interesting.
1: Like, specifically a coffee stout. Mm-hmm. And the, uh, the coffee doesn't really come through a lot, but it's, it's kind of, oh, just sort of on the edges there, and the barrelage, 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 whatever, yeah. uh, it, the barrel factor did not really come through, but it did uh, clock in at, I think, 12%, and okay. uh, it oh. hid that incredibly well. The roast was
0: spot on. So the roast was the dominant flavor, would you roast say? Roast was a
1: dominant flavor. I would have okay. I would have preferred personally a little bit more coffee and or barrel in it, but still very good.
0: Okay. That's that's good. Yeah, that was you kinda of mentioned that I think on two other episodes or something like that. So yeah, I I
1: had, I had been looking for it. Did I say that I had found it?
0: No, not oh. at that point.
1: Found it at your old employer's, Michael.
0: Oh, okay. We'll leave it at that.
1: <laughs> the place that has a really good uh beer selection. But no one seems to go there for beer. Which means they have they still have uh KBS on the shelf.
0: Oh really? Yeah. Oh, there you go. I know, right? And that's pretty close to you.
1: It it really is.
0: Yeah. Well, before we get into the, the big Jeremy's Segment. NASA calculations or yeah, yeah. I don't even know what it is. I'm just uh, based on some clues you've given mm-hmm. me I'm saying that. We'll see. So we had feedback from Host Emeritus Mike. Oh, yeah, we did. Um, <laughs> last episode, you were talking about the word frickle. I was saying frickle of, quite a bit. Yes. <laughs> pickle, Fried pickle, a frickle. Mm-hmm. And uh, Mike did chime in. We specifically asked him if he had heard of it. And he said, Well, I enjoy the portmanteau. I've never heard of a frickle. <laughs> and then he says, To help settle this on Twitter, I offer two hashtags J. Cray if Jeremy is crazy, or Michael Waxon. If Michael and Mike, with that, are the mm-hmm. crazy ones, so if you want to chime in,
1: unfortunate hashtag, but I yeah. do like it.
0: I will say I did click through on the hashtag just to see if anybody has used it, and uh, <clears throat> I
1: imagine Michael Waxen has come out.
0: According to this click through, it's come up seven times in the history of Twitter.
1: Mhm. Any related to us? No. Okay. No. <laughs> Earliest going back to December of 2012,
0: but Jay Cray. Is quite the popular hashtag. I'm seeing lots early 2012, uh, throughout the 2000 and teens. J. Cray has been interesting all over the place. But, Do you
1: uh, know what it's uh, in regards to?
0: No, hmm. I'm looking here. I think people just um, casual interactions between individuals. Yeah. Okay. And some guy is posting a Vine, and he was calling himself J. Cray something from Lagos, Nigeria, I guess. <laughs> um, happy birthday to the best man I could have asked for, J. Cray, even your poop. <laughs> Young girls flipping the bird. Um. <laughs> so, yeah, you get, like, lots of uh, different J. Cray. So, gotcha. if you don't want to chime in, you can always click through on that and... Um, Be amused. Yeah. It's uh, weird how those, like, rando hashtags, people have used those. You know, Michael Wax and, well, I guess that's not out of the realm of possibility, but, Mm -hmm. you know, somebody's thought of that before Mike, I guess is kind of the weird thing. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. All right. Jeremy, what do you got?
1: So, I'm going to preface this by saying I know it doesn't matter. I know it's it's completely pointless, but, so I think it was a week ago, maybe maybe a little bit over, uh, the Golden Globe nominations came out while I was on the bus on the way in tour, Mm -hmm. and... I was trying to figure out why I'm so fascinated with award shows specifically with movies. I think it's because it tends to justify my habits of going to go see pretty much everything that looks good. This past year it got especially bad with the ad with my, you know, brief in encounters with MoviePass cuz I was just going oh, to yeah. go see anything that, you know, looked remotely good or had an actor or a director or something I liked. As I did a little bit more digging into it, I was already seeing the, uh, the the so-called hot take think pieces coming out about how the Oscars don't really represent. You know, so I know I started this with the Golden Globes, but I'm shifting over to the Oscars because that's it's the one that I'm fascinated by. I've gone to the uh, the marathons the past two years.
0: Yes, the prestigious one.
1: The, the, the air quotes prestigious one. Yes, yeah, yeah. There you go. And. Michael, you're more of a John Q. Public when it comes to moviegoing.
0: Yeah, very casual, if not sub-casual.
1: Exactly. And so I've been trying to figure out at what point in you know the timeline of when a movie comes out to some future where it may or may not be enshrined in like the public's Hall of Fame. When does the turn happen? So one of the questions I asked you was, what was the last best picture you could pull off the top of your head? Right. And, and what year do you think it came from?
0: Um, see, this is the thing, and maybe this is what you're getting at: is mm-hmm. <laughs> a lot of those movies aren't very memorable. So the one that I could think of, and this actually took like a minute of churning my brain.
1: This is a reason why I did not spring this on you.
0: Yes. Was uh, did The Shape of Water win, or was that just Best Director?
1: No, it did win last year.
0: Okay, and obviously that's recent, so that's why I remember that.
1: Recency bias,
0: okay. It's, beside that, and I remember these, because I think they're kind of notorious for, especially one of them, for retrospective, like, why do we give it to that movie? hmm And that would be Crash.
1: Correct, 2006.
0: Okay. Yeah, oh, that was a long time ago. And The English Patient. Which I do not remember when that came out. That but, was like uh, 1990-something.
1: Well, Michael, that uh, the sheet that I sent to you has the Best Picture nominees and mm-hmm. winners for about the past 40 years on it. Whoa. So if you pop APM Movies open, you're going to see a list of movies with years' domestic grosses. The bolded, highlighted ones at the top of each column for each year are the yeah. are, is the Best Picture winner. Okay. There is a small check, dash, or an X next to each movie. If there's a check by it, it means I liked it. There's a dash by it means I didn't see it or I don't remember. Okay. There's an X. I didn't like it. Okay. I tried to make this as easy as possible because if I don't didn't want to like going through ranking or anything because that was going like to make me want to blow my brains out. <laughs> right, that's a little
0: too, yeah.
1: Now, if you go down to the bottom and you click on grosses, Michael,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you're going to see the uh, the top grossing movies for the past is since 2010. Okay. and averages and their grosses. And you're going to notice that it's about four times as high on every count.
0: Okay, yes, I'm seeing that. Yeah.
1: Okay. You'll also notice that almost every single one of these movies is a Disney property.
0: I'm also noticing that, too. Beauty and the Beast was yeah. the second grossing.
1: I know, right? He's referring to uh, last year yes. where where <laughs> yeah. the the live action remake earned 504 million dollars.
0: Oh my god.
1: Which is kind of what I'm getting at, so... I also want to know whether or not you think, uh... What would you rather see? Because one of these tabs would suggest that you know we want to see Star Wars, as Star Wars movies have been the top grossing movies of the past three years running. Oh yeah. We got The Last Jedi, we've got Rogue One, and we've got The Force Awakens. There's also roughly two Marvel movies in each one. Yeah. Yeah. One, one and a half, depending on, you know, what year. Yes. There's not really a a crossover. Something like one of these big critical darlings. No. That also made just piles and piles and piles of money.
0: You could call these tentpole movies.
1: You you would be correct, yeah. Yeah. My uh, my point was going to be that, like, I think it's either, you know, like, children's or Disney movies.
0: Yeah, like animated. Yeah. And
1: animated tends to mop up. Disney mops up in, you know, Disney these days includes a little bit of everything yeah um so that's your marvel that's your star wars and that's you know all these live action remakes including that uncanny valley looking lion king movie that's coming out
0: oh yeah that's what's the point
1: uh michael i can give you 504 million reasons (laughs) why they're going to beat that movie (laughs)
0: um here's a question for you jeremy yes sir so maybe this points out why there's a new oscar category this year
1: There's not a new Oscar category this year. Did they shut that down? They shut it down really quick afterwards because of the ill-defined popular movie. Yes.
0: Oh man, they shut that down in September. Wow. Yeah. I'm way behind.
1: It it, it happens. You don't need to pay attention to these things.
0: Okay, I'm glad they did that. Yeah. Uh, That seemed a little silly and a little um, desperate. (laughs) A a little,
1: a little cable AC of them. I agree. I mean, this is what the People's Choice is for, and this is what you know—the uh, the MTV Awards are for.
0: The jabronis, yeah.
1: If you go back to the uh, the the Best Picture winners and nominees, mm-hmm. what is the most recent one you've seen on there?
0: Mm, American Beauty. Seriously? Oh, and the nominees. Yeah. The Martian.
1: Okay, good. And that and that is kind of the one of the ones that got really close to crossing over. Because yeah, that, that
0: did have mainstream appeal, too.
1: Cause, and it's a really good movie. So, do we think that the Oscars are a net good or a net bad?
0: Hmm. Probably net good because they draw attention to these otherwise maybe would not be seen movies. Because mm-hmm. once you get nominated for an Oscar or, and win an Oscar at that... True. A lot of people are going to see your movie, and you're going to, the movie's going to make a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Uh, that brings the unfortunate side effect of gaming the system and payola-type situations. Or Oscar bait. Or Oscar bait. But even with that, you get the draw of bringing, as many of these movies are, like good movies, well-made movies, or movies that should be seen you get attention to those. And if you didn't have the Oscars, it might just be further domination of these tentpole movies and we might we might not get uh, as many good movies as uh, we have on these lists.
1: So, so I'm looking at these recent years and I'm noticing that they are starting to get more and more hits, for lack of a better word, like Get Out mm-hmm. made a truckload of money. Dunkirk made a lot of money. Uh, hidden Figures in a La La Land, Mad Max, The Martian, The Revenant, uh, American Sniper, etc., etc., etc. So I feel like they're trying to like dip their toe in there. Yeah. Or or but I mean those were with you know a few exceptions those were all pretty good to great movies.
0: Yeah, for the most part, yeah. But then the other thing too, yet to remember as looking at the spreadsheet too, in two thousand nine mm-hmm. they expanded the number of nominees too. Yeah. So they can inject some of those mid-tier quote-unquote as far as oscar caliber your your
1: mid-tier oscar movies right yes Um,
0: and throw those on there bring a little more attention bring a little more hype into the situation Mm -hmm. by having what is it nine nominees i'm seeing instead of five they can go up to ten i believe so it makes it a bit more of a horse race a little bit more interest even if um it's a long shot Mm mm-hmm I have a question. Well, I'm looking at your list, and you put an X next to the ones you didn't like. Yes, sir. So I want to just go over maybe like five of those. Some may be obvious, some maybe not so obvious, of why Jeremy didn't like them. So give me like a two-sentence blurb. Jeremy's back-of-the-box, negative back-of-the-box <laughs> quote. Um, Leave it on the shelf. <laughs> put this down. I've noticed you're, you put an X next to Rocky, Jeremy kind of an American classic I'm aware okay
1: (laughs) I saw those movies too many times when I was young
0: okay and
1: it just bugged me I don't think Sylvester Stallone is a good writer I realize that I am the one of the few people that uh, holds that opinion but uh yeah I just I, I probably should watch it again but I don't want to okay I like Creed Creed was good Creed was really good
0: Rain Man gets an X from Jeremy.
1: Same reason. It bugged me. I saw it too many times on TBS. Okay. Uh, in in the words of Robert Downey Jr., well, paraphrased words of Robert Downey Jr. from uh, Tropic Thunder, you never go full uh, disabled. Okay. And, uh, yeah, Dustin Hoffman goes full disabled in that movie.
0: Let's see here. This one, uh, I can... Since I've seen this one, I essentially concur with you. But maybe this is an obvious question, or maybe it's not. I don't know. What didn't you like about Avatar? <laughs> <laughs> it's,
1: it's, there was a South Park where they made fun of it, right, with the Smurfs. It was there? Maybe. Yeah. I, I'm pretty sure there was. Anyways, it's just it's, those are all cool ideas. they are no they're they're special effects. They're not ideas. That's
0: the thing. Yeah. yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. It's just like no, I'm good. I've I've seen I've seen this movie.
0: Yes, yeah, the plot was so rote that,
1: and acting was leaden, character, <laughs> dialogue was garbage. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Lo- On Unobtainium. Po- oh God, oh, Jesus! he forgot. <laughs> it. At one point, the uh, the evil army Dude, guy does yeah. in fact say, "We're not in Kansas anymore." <laughs> that is, it. I'm, I, yeah, yeah. It's 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 not a good movie, and he's got four sequels in the can, or like three or four sequels in the can. In the can? Well.
0: Well, planned or filmed? Okay.
1: Because that's going to take like three years of post production to get oh, all the effects and or I didn't something think about that. Yeah, yeah. I, sure. or at least I think they're done filming. I know he is
0: in progress at least. Or... Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I've heard this next one. I've heard uh, other negative thoughts about this movie too. But Oscar Best Picture winner, *Slumdog Millionaire*. Jeremy gave it an X I did give it an X I really don't like
1: that movie and the problem is I like Danny Boyle a lot he uh, mm-hmm. he made Train Spotting Sunshine there's a scene in that movie where Dev Patel the uh, the young man who's a pretty good actor he's running from something and he falls through I, I guess it's like a latrine oh and it seemed like uh, porn P-O-O-R-N
0: P-O <laughs> okay
1: where it's just like, oh, look how poor it is. It just looked like a, a white man looking in on the, uh, The it, it seemed like it gave the white man an excuse to look at an Indian man literally drowning in feces at one point, but it's okay because he wins money. Okay. And it's technically well made, it just bugged the crap out of me.
0: Okay, I think I see where you're coming from.
1: Mm-hmm. But I realize I'm a surly jerk about a lot of these like right. ex- except Hacksaw Ridge. That movie sucked. <laughs> yes, you Ugh.
0: raved about that on the show when God. it came out, I think. Or when you I, saw it. I, yeah,
1: that was the that was the first year I did the uh, God, we've been doing this for two years now. Yeah. But yeah. Um people write in, do we think the Oscars are worth it? Am I a, a maniac or a crazy person for uh spending this much time building a, <laughs> <laughs> Spreadsheet because it really is in depth. It's it's too much, but too rabbit holey. I I want to know if anyone else uh, cares what the Oscars think, or judges me for using these sort of award shows as a barometer or compass as to what I should watch. Yeah. But Michael. Yes. Enough yammering. And I'm going to close this spreadsheet.
0: <laughs> it is fun. to... I'm just kind of. Oh yeah. Knock yourself and, out. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's it's kind of engrossing.
1: It's 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 weird. But uh it's time for the FDR wherein we find a beer, drink a beer, and rate a beer. This one is uh fresh off the uh press, I guess. I don't yeah. know I just picked it up from The Dead Drop. <laughs> yeah, the dead <laughs> drop. <laughs> uh, earlier on, and it's from you. What do we got?
0: I thought this was kind of fitting for the season, and we'll see if it is.
1: Well with it being Christmassy and everything. A
0: little Christmassy. A little Christmassy. It's Alaskan cranberry tart ale brewed with cranberries and spruce tips.
1: My cranberry tart. <laughs> they didn't have, I, I wish I would have been able to make it to Alaskan Brewing while I was up there,
0: but I didn't. Yeah, it's, was well, not in Juneau I think and. Oh it is? Oh, yeah.
1: One of the questions on HQ Trivia tonight was which American capital has no roads in or out of it? Yes, yeah. And the answer is Juneau, Juneau I didn't know yeah. that. But it makes sense when I think about it.
0: I've been there and it's hard to get to. Not the city itself, but the brewery is like way off to one side, nestled behind a mountain or something. You would need transportation to get there, and not being from there, I didn't have transportation (laughs) because you can't drive there. Little flavor text here. Oh yeah, we should do that. Um, This American tart style ale exhibits cranberry fruitiness in harmony with malt, wheat, hops, and spruce tips. Maybe we're giving too much here, but they have a little flavor text here that literally says flavor. literally flavor. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, literally flavor text. Uh, This light pink wheat beer has a hint of spruce notes in the aroma with honey sweetness and a fruity melody, melody, medley of (laughs) berry intensity prominent in the nose. The flavor is tart at the beginning with sweet cranberry and citrus mellowing the overall taste a very light mouthfeel and finishes crisp and clean.
1: Michael, the cranberries are paired with the same Sitka spruce tips that they use in their award-winning winter ale with Pilsen and German acidulated malts, plus malted white wheat and nugget hops, and I don't know if it'd be some one of those weird, uh, don't bring flora and fauna from different places to the mainland, but (laughs) I bet if I ask nicely we could get Council of the Great White North to send us some Sitka spruce tips down here to be used in a homebrew. That'd be interesting, right? He's got bigger things to worry about at the moment. What well, was the earthquakes and everything? Oh yeah, geez, yeah, that's yeah. right. There was a big one. They're okay. Oh good.
0: I've had had spruce tips in a brew before. I think I might have even bragged about it. Can't remember what <laughs> it was though. But I remember it was an intriguing flavor. But I could see how it could be easy to screw up. um If you just kind of put it out there by itself without melding it to some other flavors, it's going to be really weird. Um, this is 5.8 ABV and 15 IBU.
1: While we uh, crack the top on this and pour <laughs> it out, uh, if you scroll down farther, there's some history that's actually even more flavor text, that's so it's pretty delightful.
0: Oh, wow. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it,
1: it keeps going.
0: <laughs> this is really weird.
1: Our use of Sitka spruce tips in many of our beers comes directly from Captain Cook, who added spruce tips to his cruise beer in the belief that it had health benefits. Spruce tips are loaded with vitamin C, and the nose is very sprucy. So it did, in fact, prevent scurvy while Cook explored Alaska waters in the late 1700s. Our Sitka spruce tips come from the tiny town of Gustavus, about 80 miles from Juneau, where the whole community turns out in spring to harvest the bright green lemony shoots. Their fresh, berry-like, almost bubblegum flavors are balanced by the tartness of the cranberries. Inspired by the low and high bush cranberries, they've been considered a delicacy in Alaska for centuries by both two-legged and four-legged foragers alike. Mm. When picking cranberries in the wilds of Alaska, it is always wise to keep an eye out for moose, which love the high-energy and flavorful berries as much as the humans. I did not see a moose while I was up there. Oh, yeah. I was very upset.
0: Well, Jeremy, just look at this bottle because there's a moose on that. Mm Mm-hmm. And um, we won't go into it, but there's another set of flavor texts here about moose. Mm -hmm. Um. (laughs) Mm-hmm. 1,800
1: pounds, 7 foot tall at the shoulder, antler 6 feet wide. There you go biggest ever recorded.
0: Um, they can kill you, easily.
1: Oh god, like, I, we may have seen one like way off in the distance, mm-hmm. and I was terrified just standing there on the boardwalk. Like, there's a lot of things in Alaska that could mess you up beyond repair, and the moose is not the least of them. Oh yeah. But uh, on to the beer, Michael. This is a, it is a light pink.
0: Yeah, there's a slight pinkish hue to it. Um... There's a little bit of haze in this thing. Yeah, it smells really crisp, kind of real fresh smell. Wheaty. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's a good call. Mm-hmm. Yeah, are you going in, Jeremy? I'm... Uh, I'm
1: I'm going to, yes. Now that we can keep this high-energy episode <laughs> at, uh, at its uh, breakneck speed.
0: Very effervescent, at least mine is bubbling. Ooh, goodness. Separately. Oh.
1: Interesting. That is not as tart as its name would imply.
0: No, it's not like a rip-your-face-off-sour type beer.
1: I, I'm not getting, like, really any sour out of it at all. I wonder if it's meant to be, like, a, a tart like the dessert.
0: Maybe more so that. That would make a little sense.
1: As as opposed to, like, a tart beer because this is just, like, a, that's just like a nice cranberry wheat beer.
0: Yeah, it is pretty wheaty. I'm really liking it.
1: Me too. It's got a bit of an odd aftertaste.
0: It does. I wonder if that's the spruciness coming through. Maybe. This is a seasonal beer. Mm-hmm. I presume it's winter, but I might be wrong about that. They do have their another winter beer. It is within the best Buy date, so mm-hmm. can't be too old. Maybe it's a fall one. But to me it's almost it seems summery to me, almost.
1: I was thinking the same thing, if not that then even springy because it's almost uh it almost tastes like a good version of a shandy.
0: Yes, yeah. It's light, um mouthfeel but crisp as well crisp effervescent um i like all those things but it's just kind of a bit odd at this time of the year i guess you could say
1: it is if it was a little bit if it had a little bit more maltiness to oh, it i was
0: just gonna say yeah maybe a little more
1: a little, bit more, a little bit more sweetness because i i feel like that crispness is just it's it's a very sharp beer
0: y- yes mm-hmm.
1: it doesn't have like there's no hop character i can tell
0: yeah, or it's buried underneath something. But yeah, it's no.
1: You do get a little bit of the uh, the the lemony flavor that they claim mm-hmm. right at the end of that cranberries. It's 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 pretty weird because because I don't know why Michael. <laughs> I'm having a hard time putting my finger on. This yeah,
0: one. I mean I don't it's, think it's
1: it's very good. I'd like it's to get that out of the way.
0: Yeah, I don't think we've had a lot of beers like this. Mm-mm. Maybe was that Revolution
1: Rosa? Was that? Oh the uh the one that had like hibiscus in it? Yeah, it's kind that, of in
0: that neighborhood. That's a good a pull.
1: Bit? I was trying to just yeah. just going to ask you if there's anything that was sort of an analog because I Yeah. I don't know if I've had a cranberry beer in the past like period, let alone anything like this. Mhm. I feel like it's an, a good middle of the road beer. If you if you're going for something like that's a little bit different. It's almost like a blue now that to bring it full circle it's almost like a blue moon but with cranberry instead of orange
0: in that kind of weedy fruity Uh domain
1: very much so do you think you would like this more if it was like a the stereotypical tart like we're thinking of
0: Mm, i'm not the biggest fan of those type of beers so i almost think i'd like this as a kind of wheat beer more than i would uh what a goo a or whatever it is a, a guazy. guazy yeah um you know those are those are fun to drink but there's a reason why i don't consistently like seek them out necessarily
1: so in an attempt to uh find some more descriptions of this i've gone to beer advocate one of the more prominent reviews says this would be a good taste refresher during session work with heavier beers
0: yeah that's a and good
1: point I, good range of flavors but all are rather mellow
0: mm-hmm. i agree yes.
1: It's, it's a really, thank you, uh, Mondak underscore 1953. I hope <laughs> that's not racist.
0: <laughs> it does kind of feel, even though it is a wheat beer, it does, it's pretty Goza adjacent though.
1: Yeah, it almost reminds me of some of those uh, fruity new Glaris beers.
0: A little bit, yeah, but not as strong.
1: Not the serendipity. Mm-hmm. But uh, just some of the, uh, like, oh, hey, we put apples in this one. Or oh,
0: yeah, sure, yeah.
1: Something like that. Thumbprint series one. Yeah, one of those. Shall we move onward to the rating, Michael?
0: I think so. I don't think there's much more to say. Um, and the taste isn't evolving too much, so yeah.
1: I think as we sit with it, the the brightness of that lemon is kind of coming through a little bit more and more. Mm-hmm. Because... And it's, it's a sweet lemon, not like a... Uh, well, like pucker. a tar- like a pucker of power. Yeah. yeah, that's a good way to put it.
0: Do you want to go first, or should I?
1: Ah, uh, well, I was going to go in for a taste of judgment, so.
0: Okay, you go for the
1: entertain the people.
0: I'm looking at other Alaskan beers. Their amber is one of my favorite. It's on the sweeter side. Mm, I like really that. Really good. Um, I'm seeing they have a Smash Galaxy, which I would like to try. Interesting. Hopothermia. Huh. Nice. Sorry. Okay.
1: No, that's cool. I, <laughs> I get distracted like that all the time. I think I'm going to go with the three point five. Okay, This is a very crisp, refreshing beer, and it does have an interesting uh, hook to it, for lack of a better word. Mm -hmm. Just because the cranberries are not something you see in a beer flavor all that often. Sure. It is extremely easy to drink, and this could... I mean, thankfully, it's like, what, 5% we said?
0: Yeah, was it 5.8, I think?
1: Oh, Lord. That could be a problem.
0: Yes, it's 5.8.
1: On the high end of session ability. Right. So that could become an issue. This I could see having this all night.
0: Yeah. This is not too challenging and it's not painting the tongue or anything with no no no, no. it's hot debris. It's it's
1: in and it's out. That's and it's good at what it does. Yeah. What about yourself, Michael? Do you need to go in for a sip of judgment?
0: I'll go in for a quick sip of judgment. Um I'm gonna give it a three point seven five. Actually I was coming down on it a little bit. You know, initially, the first initial sips were, whoa, whoa, this is really good, but then kind of getting used to it a little bit and dissecting that a little more, yeah, it's just kind of settled down a little further down the scale. Mm-hmm. Um, but still higher than I am. Yes. It's really interesting and almost a good case study, I guess, without being a freak beer.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm glad that we've made that uh, part of our uh, lexicon. <laughs> freak beer. Freak beer, yeah. It's so descriptive.
0: So yeah, I think. Yeah. Anything else to say about it? I think that's about it.
1: It's it's good. Get your hands on it if you can. It'd be good. Yeah. It'd be, I think it'd be good for like a a holiday party. Yeah. To bring it even more full circle.
0: There you go. It does have a little bit of that festivity to it, mm-hmm. and I think it's pretty approachable too. So. Hmm. In any case, this is another one down the gullet. Indeed. You can get in touch with us in a variety of ways. Facebook.com/slash/APMPod emails directly apmpod at gmail.com oh i should mention chime in with those hashtags (laughs) where uh the person who created those hashtags host emeritus mike um he also maintains our untapped ratings on the untapped app so thank you mike for doing that and rate review subscribe if you can but we will leave it at that so for jeremy i've been michael from michael i've been jeremy and this has been american pale males cheers cheers